you guys drive this. Well, today, today I'm not the one driving anything. I'm here. <laughs> Felipe is not in control. This makes Matt very nope, happy. <laughs> I'm not in control this time. Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. This podcast is about the Mac DevOps YVR conference in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We interview guests and discuss topics around managing Macs using open source software products inspired by DevOps. Our goal is to encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community. For more information, see our website, mdoyvr.com. This is the Mac DevOps podcast. Welcome to the Mac DevOps podcast. Today we're doing postmortem. What went wrong? I mean, right. How did we do it? Behind the scenes look with Jack Daniel Strong and Felipe Baez. Welcome, JD. How are you? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you doing? I need more coffee. More, more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Felipe, how are you? I'm great, and thanks for having me again. Yay! I'm coming back to this podcast. <laughs> Yay! Well, it's good good to see your smiling face. I mean, during the recording of our Mac DevOps, we just sort of saw like a side 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 angle. <laughs> yeah, just the back of my head yeah. and all the screens in front oh. of me. And, it, and the whole event only took you ninety seconds. That was impressive. <laughs> yeah, you could, that, yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> Definitely didn't feel like ninety seconds. Mainly the second day. Oh my god. Oh yeah. <laughs> but we're not there yet, right? We're not there yet. <laughs> So, uh, so if you don't know what we're referring to, uh, Felipe uh, posted a 90-second uh, overview video of, of producing the first day. So we'll have a, have a link to that in the, the show notes. Seven yeah. and a half hours and 90 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Paying him by the millisecond. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not cloud service. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Ooh, we see into the future. Um, well, thank you once again for joining us on the podcast and an immense thank you for helping us with Mac DevOps. You're a consummate professional, your design skills are amazing, and your ability to put off a live show is what we pay you for. And you're amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it was definitely a pleasure to be able to make your event come true this year again and uh, be able to onboard so many speakers and having which was in the end a from the audience's perspective i imagine it went all fine right they were able to see and hear the presenters 100 percent of the time so that's better than what we can do for in person so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's Definitely some advantages to online versus in person. But maybe we should talk about what changed. I mean, last year was the first time we did an online Mac DevOps and the first time that we engaged your awesome live production services. So what changed from this year to from last year? Well, I think the question would be what hasn't changed from last year to this year? I mean, we did everything online. So that's what didn't change. Uh, all the presenters were presenting from their homes and uh, and the participants watching from their homes. Uh, it was streamed on YouTube. So that's the part that didn't change. But in, in the back end, everything changed from the equipment that I used last year to the services, how we were getting audio and video from the speakers. So last year, for example, I had two MacBook Pros that were running identical copies of a certain project on, on a live streaming setup. And we were getting point-to-point -point calls with, with, with the presenters via WebRTC. And this year, everything was done with the help of a Mac Pro and a lot of Windows computers and video switchers and, and, and Zoom, a lot of Zoom. Windows computers. Wow. Things changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Um, that's something you didn't know, right? Did I you didn't know, know that there were Windows computers involved in this? <laughs> <laughs> well, you used a lot of different uh, apps, services, and tools. And we also added one huge thing, which, of course, was at your uh, incredibly great forward-thinking suggestion. 
a backup live producer. Yeah, I mean, everything that we do in life, ideally, we, we have a backup, right? We take pictures, those pictures go to the cloud, they go to your computer, so if one of them fail, you, you have access to that picture somewhere else, right? Or if, if you're doing video production and post-production, you copy your SD card, you copy that SD card to three hard drives and, and the cloud and send a hard drive to one of your friends and make sure that it's far away from, from you. So in case your house burns down, you, you have access to that. So the same applies to, to live production. Last year, everything was done, everything was new, right? I mean, in, in, in the respect of, of will we have a conference at all or not to, okay, let's do it online. And at that time, everyone had their hands tied for one reason or another, internet speeds, because everyone is now home. So internet speeds weren't that great in June last year to actually even finding resources, people that have a certain knowledge to do, to do live streaming, for example. At that time, I didn't know other people that I could trust to even, to even be doing a backup. But this year, one year, one and a half year into the pandemic, things have changed. And, and when you guys reached out and said, we're gonna do online again, same as last year, uh, the very first thing that came to my mind is, okay, let's make sure that we have a backup solution that we are able, in, in case anything happens, uh, in case I have a heart attack here, in case my internet goes down, in case my, <laughs> my energy drops, we have someone else that can easily pick up and continue the conference. And, and for the audience, ideally, the maximum that happens is that they lose a couple of words that the presenter said, and the presenter goes back and, and repeats those. So that, that's where the idea of having a backup came from. And boy, did we need him. We did. I mean, <laughs> well. Luckily, you didn't have a heart attack. Yeah, luckily, that was not the reason for needing a backup, right? <laughs> so first, there was the first day, obviously. <laughs> and on the first day, everything worked perfectly. No issues whatsoever. Everything was just smooth. It, it felt weird because... Something always happens in a live show and live broadcast and, and many one this long that we are, we are streaming for many hours, there is always something that happens. And on the, on the first day, nothing happened. Except for the last few minutes. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> comes the time, okay, it's time for Matt to do a wrap up. <laughs> and on my end, my network went down. At that time, it seemed like my internet went down right? Because all of my computers dropped. And when that happened, we were actually off the air. So the, uh, the audience was actually seeing a sponsor message or something like that on the live stream. So it wasn't in the middle of what you said. The network dropped as soon as I said, five, four, <laughs> three, two, yeah, you, and I you, disappear. You disappeared. I hate that countdown, and I felt like I, I felt like I, I felt like I wished you away. I was like, "Stop counting down! Stop counting down!" <laughs> Maybe you did, and that's what happened. The genie in the bottle yeah. made your wish come true, uh, and then I dropped. And immediately, I went and I called Doug, and I said, "Doug, I dropped. <laughs> Can you take over?" And I said, "Okay, I'll take over." And and, and you guys finished. It was what three, four, five minutes. Yeah. live uh, with a backup producer. Later on investigating, I discovered, and this was later on as in the second day when something worse happened, <laughs> I discovered that one, maybe, maybe, maybe let's get there. Well, then second day came in. Well, 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 let's yeah, talk about well, how, you talk, how you talk to Doug, because one of the changes we made was using the back channel app. So we have Discord, we, had we have Zoom, comms. but we have Unity. So we had like our... Yeah phones in one ear and then like zoom and discord in the other ear <laughs> yeah and for those people that have watched for example the newsroom uh that tv show with jeff daniels so in the newsroom you can see that the anchor he always has an ifb a uh, basically an earphone and the producer can talk to him and that is through internal comms that the control room has with the talent and the control room talks between themselves as well. 
So we had that, but on an internet level that we were able to all communicate with each other. And it is a separate system that is not tied into Zoom or anything else. So if Zoom would have a problem or if anything else we would have a problem, we would still be able to talk through Unity. And in my case, because my internet seemed to have dropped, I just got my phone, I disconnected from the Wi-Fi, and I connected on Unity via, uh, via LTE. And that's how I was able to talk to Doug and say, Doug, I'm gone here. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that was great. JD and I are IT sysadmins, and we're used to building backup systems, disaster plans, disaster recovery plans. But you know, our experience isn't in live production. So it's great that the same concepts are there. Just uh, it's great to learn from you uh, how to do this. <laughs> and, and what it takes for, some, for us to have a backup for a live production like this is for the person on the other end to have the same capabilities as the main one. So for example, I was able to use six different computers in order to have my eyes everywhere, my eyes on a stage A, stage B, a green room, a director room, a program room, a graph, graphic recording room. So Doug had to have everything the same way and be able to route all of the audio the way it needs to be. So uh, we as, as directors, producers, we are able to talk to anyone on the stage or anyone in a green room or anyone in the director room. And we are also able to hear anything from any of those rooms at any given time. That was always fun when I was bringing speakers in because Felipe had these godlike hearing powers and, and uh, he would step into a conversation as he brought a speaker into the stage or, or what have you and fully be up to speed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, was like, I, I was on god mode. Yeah, right. <laughs> now it was very impressive uh, with the Zoom and the breakout rooms and just ha having, being able to manage uh, people in different rooms, bring them in. Last year, we used Discord as a green room to test and then had another green room in the live production, and then we went live. So you had it well organized this time. It was much easier for you, but the setup, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the setup definitely took a, a lot more resources than I used last year. So last year were two computers. Each one of them had a point-to-point -point call with a presenter. And more or less, that was it. The computer would encode the stream sent to YouTube. That meant that my computers had their fans on 100% for seven hours in a row. I don't even know how those computers didn't melt. But one thing is for sure, the power, the power adapter providing the power to those computers was not able to keep up with the power draw. <laughs> So I started with 100% battery connected to power and I finished at 40, 30% battery. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something that you're like, oh my God, can't do that for much longer. How was the Mac Pro? Well, the Mac Pro has this, this one kilowatt uh, <laughs> power supply and, uh, and it's whisper quiet, right? It, it doesn't make a sound. So it doesn't matter how much you, you, you put on it. It's just there, silent and doing its job. It's, it's amazing, except when there is an application that is capable of crashing your whole network. And uh, that may change things. So that, that, that was day two. Day two started really well. But then at some point, the same thing that happened the previous night with my internet simply disappearing happened again on a break between, between speakers. And I was like, why? What is happening here? And, and then suddenly I discovered there is a way that we use to route audio between computers through the network that's called Dante. It's a Dante network. Uh, so I'm able to actually patch the audio from one computer to another, or in this case, all computers were patched to my Mac Pro. My Mac Pro is, a, is receiving signal from all the computers. And to do that, you need to use a separate network adapter just for Dante. So I have my 10 gig connection to my network on the Mac Pro, and then a second one coming in for Dante. And it was Dante that was crashing the network. And the way I discovered that was once the network dropped again and I thought it was the internet, it just came to my mind, come on, it can't be. But let me try. And then I disconnected the Thunderbolt to Ethernet adapter that I had connected to the Mac Pro, 
and all the computers came back online immediately. <laughs> like literally two seconds later. And I was like, no way. <laughs> oh my God. And I was running all of this on Big Sur. And, and then my, my thought was like, okay, Big Sur, goodbye. Dante is not working well on Big Sur. Yes, I see now. Uh, it crashed my network. Let me go back to Catalina. <laughs> and I have, I have a separate partition that I still have Catalina on it. So it's like, it's just reboot. And then reset up all of the routes here within Catalina, right? Oh, we have a 15-minute break between speakers. Okay, we have enough time. Hey, Doug, I'm going to restart my computer and reset everything here, okay? Okay, buddy, no problem. I'll pick up here for you. Okay, if I'm not back within 10 minutes, you're taking over. You're the main one. Okay, no problem. System preferences, startup disk. Oh, Catalina, restart. Computer switched off, never switched back on. Okay, <laughs> click the button. <laughs> hey, Mac Pro, it appears the Apple, the Apple logo, and it stays on the Apple logo for five minutes. It, does, it doesn't come back up. Hold the power button, switch off. Give it a few seconds. Oh, hold on. Let me remove the, the, the power plug from the Mac Pro. I remove the power plug, 10 seconds, put it back on, turn it on, and then this time, it didn't immediately appear the Apple logo. The Apple logo was scanning from top to bottom. It was appearing from top to bottom very slowly, <laughs> as if I didn't even have a graphics card. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is happening? And I had a, a backup computer here, a MacBook Pro M1. And I, I'm thinking, maybe, maybe I'll have to go to the M1. But, but, but we still have Doug. Okay, so... Because my network had come back online, that meant that all my PCs were online. The PCs were the ones that were sending the video feeds to my switcher. And the switcher was what was sending the stream to YouTube. So what my Mac Pro was doing in this whole setup was actually do just doing audio routes, being able to make me able to hear any room and making me be possible to talk to any room. That was the whole purpose of the Mac Pro. So everything that happened didn't influence the actual stream that was going to, to the speakers. So that's how nothing happened to that one. So once it was like five minutes to, to, to come back up, I told, I told Doug, hey Doug, my computer is not back up yet, but I still have the stream. I'm still able to, to cut the show. So let's do this. You talk to the speaker on, on stage and you count us in. So he went and he talked to the speaker on stage. And, and then, okay, Felipe, we're ready to go live. I said, okay, Doug, count for me. And he was like, 10, 9, 8, 7, blah, blah, 1. And then I put it live here and it went live. So then that speaker had half an hour to talk. I was like, okay, now I have half an hour to get the <laughs> back from back online. <laughs> oh, I just kept on restarting the Mac Pro, restarting the Mac Pro, restarting. <laughs> and at some point, the Catalina window appeared. I was like, oh, finally, put my password in, and then the progress bar getting to 100%. And then when it get to 100%, the screen went black, and I had that circle with a dash. Oh, the prohibitory <laughs> in sign. the middle. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was good. like, oh, that's come good. on. You must be kidding me. And then I restarted that. And then I started unplugging every peripheral that I had plugged in on the back Pro and trying to restart. At some point, it came back up on Catalina. I was like, great, stay there. <laughs> it started reopening all the applications. This whole story lasted about an hour to two hours. So we, we went back and forth between speakers like this with Doug counting them in and me still streaming. Uh, the mainstream to, to YouTube while I was fixing this. And at some point, I, was, I had everything back up on Catalina. And, and for the rest of the event, it, it, it ran smoothly. But that was... Some whew, epic, that was something. Epic troubleshooting in the middle of a yeah, live show. I was really sweaty. And, and, I'm, and I'm here, concentrated, making sure, trying to make sure that for you as a client and for, for the audience as, as your client, as the audience, that things kept on working. 
even if they don't look perfect, but they, they still get the information that they need to, to get. And yeah, I hope that, that that was okay. I mean, I I personally did not see anyone saying, hey, we are missing the content or we can't hear the speaker or something like that. Oh, contrary. So hoping that was... <laughs> At the end, yeah, they, so I hope... they, they heard me. <laughs> there, 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 there was a bit of a hot mic. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, that 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 was incredible. That was a hundred percent my fault. <laughs> that was a hundred percent my fault because I basically am switching the panel and 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 then I let you know, okay, you're off the air, and and I was using the same automations that I used for for the for the speakers, but the panel had a, a different configuration, obviously, and and the automation that I hit to remove your audio from from program didn't go because it was set for for a different uh, a, a different situation the funny thing is i haven't listened back to to that on the recording but if i recall it was more about laughing and i think there of- was an f bomb <laughs> it, was, it was funny because Allison on the panel, because we were just like, oh, wow, we did the panel. That was great. We survived. <laughs> the day's almost done. And then I'm like, <laughs> F, yeah. I was just, it was a very, it was a very excited, uh, yeah, we did it. Because, and then oh, Allison okay, was so like, it was a positive one. I think it was, it was okay because Allison was like, oh, somebody's saying in Discord that we're live. And then, oh, Matt said something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. and then you switch to me. You're like, okay, Matt, we're going to go live. And I'm like, well, live productions, ain't they fun? You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, actually on our end, what happened was Derek came on, on, on comms and say, hey, by the way, guys, uh, the, the audio was still live. And then when I heard that, my, my, my heart sank in. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole training that I have about live production and all is it doesn't matter how big the fire is. The show keeps on going and then you're mm-hmm. calm and, and you, you get back as, on track as better as you can. And, and for that situation, the best that we could do was to bring Matt back alive <laughs> as quickly as possible, <laughs> as if that was on purpose. Yeah. Well, I think I, I even made a comment about like, hey, maybe we should have some, you know, like outtakes or something. And I'm like, yep, we were. And that <laughs> and that tied in so well with that that mistake, and no. it made it sound less like a mistake. That was great, <laughs> but it was a mistake. The best thing about live is that it happens and then it's done. You know, it's yeah, yeah. I was uh, talking with uh, Henry, and, and we were saying that there's lots of things we could improve on our ends to, to make the conference better. Obviously more planning, better, you know, pre-production planning and getting ready. I could hear the stress in your voice a little bit on day two. And I didn't realize all the stuff that was going on. But when you were like, Hey, Matt, this person is going to be live. I'm like, Oh no, there's gonna be a video. Where's the video? I don't know. <laughs> and you're, and I could just hear your voice and you're like, Matt, you're killing me. <laughs> just like, yeah. I am. I am definitely strict uh, during a live project production because there is a lot of risks, right? There, there, there is a lot that can go wrong. For you to have an idea, back when I was doing this as a full-time employee, we would give a 48-hour deadline for anyone to, to, to submit anything that would go live. It's 48 hours before. If, if you're giving it to us less than 48 hours in advance, it's not going live because we have to prepare all of this. We needed to to replicate that actually in three regions at a time. Yeah, I still carry that with me. I uh, I want to, to be as prepared as possible. See, even being as prepared as I was, I still made the mistake on the panel. So there, there was that one automation that I had. I, I should have created a second one that's for the panel. We did a lot of production planning and we did a lot of planning going into Mac DevOps and we did lots of practice sessions, but some things came together a little bit later, like the panel that added a little bit of more uncertainty. And because it's remote, trying to find everybody because we're not all physically located in the same spot. So we're like, hey, where is this person? Where's we don't know. So we were kind of trying to find everybody at the last minute, you know, and, and that adds some stress. And plus, I, I can tell you one thing that I think, in my opinion, was better this year than it was last year. And it's something that we discussed during the planning, which was to get speakers to use their camera so we could actually see the speakers. And you're probably going to hear from from your audience listening to this podcast if you if, if this was a, a good thing or not. But 
I wanted them to, to be on camera. And then in the end, we thought that only one or two people would end up using the camera. So we were set up for that. But then I think once a speaker would see the previous one using the camera, the next one said, oh, okay, I want the camera as well. And I want the camera as well. So most of them used the camera. So most of them, we could actually see their faces while they're presenting. So for me, it was actually super interesting to see that. Obviously, the Emily, the keynote speaker, her, her presentation uh, was excellent. It really draws you into the, to the subject. And she, she was really able to uh, keep everyone's attention, at least from, from my perspective. And it wouldn't have been that great if we, wouldn't, if we would not see the speaker themselves. So I think that was pretty cool. Definitely, definitely nice. I think last year we were just like, what can we, what can we pull off? I mean, the conference is always a bit of like, throw all the crazy ideas out there and then we see what we can actually do. And so last year we're like, can we do cameras? We couldn't even buy cameras. We wanted to buy them and send them to the speakers. And like, we're like, ah, it's just not enough time. We can't find cameras to buy. And let's just do the, the minimum is that we can actually accomplish. Last year was tough. Yeah. Last year, you couldn't find like cam links or any anything to get a signal into the computer. Everything was sold out. Cameras were sold out. Guys, everyone is starting to work from home, right? Yeah. So last year, we definitely had a lot of challenges. And this year, finally, you can find all of this. Even from the production perspective, you, you, you can buy the equipment for production. Yeah, this year, with all of the challenges that we might have faced, I think it was it was an improvement over last year. E even the experience for the presenters, I think, coming into Zoom, they had one year of Zoom meetings, so everyone kind of already knows Zoom. Yeah. And the way we were transferring them between breakout rooms uh, for the production uh, seemed very simple. And, and Zoom's fixed a lot of their their issues too. So the the tools are getting better. You know, before yeah. you'd you'd move breakout rooms and it would drop the audio, it would drop the the screen sharing, and and I feel like the those things are also getting better. So that that helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then of course we we are able here because Doug and I we do this very frequently our Zoom account actually has 1080p quality. So whenever a speaker would come in, and if they, they were 1080p enabled, like with a 1080p camera, we would get in a super high quality. So f for a few of the speakers, we had super high quality video coming in. And that was, that was super great. Having the speakers on camera, having their slides. And we also had Ashton doing the graphic recording. So we had Two different feeds and that was different too right because last year we would hear all the time people saying make it bigger make it smaller and and at some point the, the, this year the idea was like why don't we give them their graphic recording all the time so if they want to make the graphic recording bigger they make it bigger in their computer they see it there on a separate monitor so then we had the presenters on one stream and ashton on a second stream which also means more bandwidth on our side when we produce, we have to make sure that we, we, we can do that. And I found that that was a great solution uh, and super fun as well. Yeah, I heard the comment that people were like, oh, I love just watching the recording. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, listening to the speaker and then watching the graphic recording. Like, no, no, just watching the graphic recording, no, not listening to the speaker. And I was just like, well, okay. <laughs> so you could watch it in multi different ways. Watch Ashton, watch the slides, watch both. Yeah, and my thought behind that came from the experience watching a Formula One race. Because if you, if you sign up for the Formula One website, you actually have access to the cameras in every single car, and you can have a multi-screen experience. So a friend of mine came over to my place, and I have a 65-inch TV, and I have these three monitors. Two of them are 4K monitors, and the other one is a... 1440p monitor and we literally put cameras from cars in every single monitor <laughs> so in one monitor we had just uh, we had the, the main program feed that was going to the tvs and on the other monitor we had the the racing course with some data on the side and on the other monitors we had cameras from the the first cars so we actually could see the perspective of the drivers all the time and and then, of course, on a much smaller scale, 
we we give people here the idea, the, the the chance of watching both at the same time or just one of them. So next year we'd have to do a two camera setup with every speaker, so we have like different perspectives that we can cut. Imagine that that would be awesome. <laughs> next year, what are we doing? Are we going to be doing an in person conference? Are we doing hybrid? Are we doing remote? What is possible? Don't do hybrid. Don't do hybrid. <laughs> do it either in person or online. Hybrid increases the the complexity tenfold. Uh, suddenly, you're having to uh, to make sure that the online audience is having as good as experience as the local audience. Uh, you're having to deal with audio problems uh, because you want to be able to hear whoever is remote, probably, but certainly. You want to everyone be able to hear what's happening in person. Hybrid events are complicated. So I guess we're we're flying you out then. Uh, or or the, the, or the other idea about about a hybrid wouldn't be a hybrid. Would be a two different events. You can watch the the presentations live, but mm. that's it. You you don't have the experience of 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 uh, the the hallway track or or. Well, what about two different events? We could do one day. Online Could one be. day in person. That Could way we, be, of we give money to everybody. Last year, last year I already <laughs> told you that uh, you should have a, an October event. Yeah. Get even more, uh, all of those speakers. Then there is a second one in October. That is when, when the new OS is coming out. So maybe after the OS has come out, you have, you have that and like, oh, here's all the theory about MDM that we were talking about. Here's the reality of MDM once the, the release is actually out. Is it, is it living up to the expectations? Is it, are we having problems that we didn't have before? I don't know. That's just an idea. See, my, my thought <laughs> is to, to have everybody uh, sit in the same room, but all be on headphones and watching the, your live stream. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, instead of 3D goggles. At that goggles. point, put, put it VR goggles. Or right. VR goggles on. Let's do it in VR. And what you see, it's yourself sitting around in this, that room with right. people with goggles. <laughs> so we, we just have attendees in the audience, and then we have lunch together, but all the speakers are online in, or in separate rooms. Yeah, <laughs> so many options. We're still not quite out of this pandemic, but we're all hopeful that things are getting better. Uh, and plane travel and travel in general will seem normal. International borders were open. <laughs> we are hopeful. So. <laughs> that, that's our biggest struggle right now is international travel. So, because this is, you really do run an international conference, Matt. And I think the the benefit of us moving online is that we've had a much greater reach, and we have folks who are willing to get up at the early early hours of the morning to to tune in from Australia. Yeah, and that's what we're seeing in general for every single conference that went online. They had a much bigger reach. Even CWWDC, for example, uh, they commented this this year about how many people participated last year, and it's just you open the borders, right? Because not everyone can get an expensive flight ticket to go to Canada. A lot of people need visa, and not everyone is going to be able to go through that whole visa uh, process. And then it's not only the visa and the flight tickets, and then you have accommodation. So it's like a huge expense. And right now we were able to reach more people and, and keep the, the general expenses way lower for everyone. So it can be even the case that we say, hey, we can, we can improve this a lot more for a fraction of the price that would cost to be in person. And I don't know. There, there is a lot that still can be done with, with live events, with, with online events. So we'll just do it remote and online again next year, maybe. And then we'll just get a cabin in the woods and everybody can fit in the cabin, can come to the cabin. With internet. <laughs> with internet, yes. Very good internet. <laughs> and ramen and cardamom's donuts. And well, I think, I think it went really well. Thanks to all your help, Felipe, Felipe and Doug. Thank you very much. And apologies for for the meltdowns, uh, the meltdown on the second day. And 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 you know what? I wrote a message, a direct message to JD. I'm like, I don't want to say this in uncoms because I don't want Matt to hear because he's gonna freak out. <laughs> but I'm having a my, I'm having a total meltdown here. My Mac Pro is gone. <laughs> I, I wrote something more or less like that. <laughs> I, I am glad that you didn't put that on comms. Yes. 
there was a lot going on. I felt like we were, we're all doing a lot and we kind of, we kind of needed more help. <laughs> I was, I was doing too many things myself. Yeah. I'm glad that you were there to do the heavy lifting in the background. I didn't know how much heavy lifting you were actually doing. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A few things. Here so there. next year, will you have a backup Mac pro? M1 wow, that, 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 that's 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 what Doug is, right? I mean, right. Um, I could have backup equipment here, but it would still not be useful in case my internet goes down. I mean, I can have a, a second ISP, which which I had, and that was the the strange part. The day one, I didn't even realize that that I had the second link coming in, and and still the, the internet went down. I my thoughts should have gone immediately to. It's not an internet issue. It's it's a it's a local network issue. But of course, on on the heat of the moment, it it, it was more important to say, "Doug, take over." Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, troubleshooting and fixing right away is is you don't always have time for the investigation. But uh, luckily, we had a backup person, so you could dig into it. And even for power here, everything uh, the power here is able to run on UPSs for twenty minutes. So everything here, uh, the router, all the computers, the, the Mac Pro, the displays, the, the switcher, everything is on UPS. And when I look at it, yeah, it can run 20 minutes. So even if the power would, would go down, if it would be a normal case of something going down, power going down, would still have enough time to, to transition over to, to, to the backup. Thank goodness for backups and backup people and for yeah. planning. If we did it live again next year, I think, you know, <laughs> we've learned even more things this time. And yeah, I think it would be even better. So back to planning. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess next year, you're, you're definitely having a backup, right? Backup conference. <laughs> a backup conference. <laughs> In case this conference is not good enough, there is the second one that we planned as well. Yeah, across <laughs> the street at the bar. <laughs> back, see you at the donut shop. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've evolved <laughs> over the last few years and Mac DevOps were getting better and better. And thanks to all the people helping us on the production end to make it happen so we can bring the community together. So thank you, Felipe. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, JD. Thank you, Henrik. Thank you, Shauna. Thank you, Ashton. And thank yeah. you, Derek, as well. Yeah. yeah, Derek joined us too. Um, and Doug, of course. Yes, Doug. What will happen next year? Stay tuned. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I should definitely mention there is one of the things that you did and some people responded and it was extremely helpful was asking people to send in advance their presentations that allowed us during the presentation itself to know how far along they are and, and getting an estimate when they're finishing because we do have to coordinate between two people here when we're going off air and planning and, and getting the next person to come in. And the other thing was to, for them to send their backup recording. So they, they presented, they, re, they recorded themselves presenting. So in case any worse issue would happen, we could still play back that live for the audience and the audience would still be able to get that content. So yeah. thank you for all the, 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 the presenters that sent your recordings in advance, allowed yeah. us to, to, to be prepared for, for bad situations. We were trying to be tricky and get them to work on their pro uh, their presentations. Most people would, but we wanted to just go submit something. We need it as a backup. This is very useful and also gets people working on their presentation beforehand. So thank you to everyone who did that. And and also like you, Felipe, needed to get a copy of that to Doug, right? So it's not like you yeah, can just throw a couple hundred megs across the internet, you know, in in the split second, right? Yeah, and and uh, for every video playback that we had. I was transcoding that to ProRes because that's what our playout systems read. So if if a presenter would send us a 200 megabytes presentation, that's a 15-minute presentation, for us it was a 4 to 5 gigabytes file. And every time that it would be a different version or a new file, I had to transcode locally, then upload somewhere for Doug to download, to load on his system so it's not as instant as, hey, just open the file on QuickTime and hit play. For all the all the time we spent planning and preparing, we needed a little bit more time, but thank goodness we had all the practice and the planning that we did. I think uh, having all the practice sessions with you, Felipe, really uh, helped smooth everything because... Oh, they are very important. Yeah. Once people got on and you're just like, hi, 
I'm Felipe. I'm your cruise director. And people are just like calmed right down, like, all right, you know, I'm going to do yeah, this. I must say that the, there was no problems with any of the presenters whatsoever in both days. Uh, JD was, was preparing them on the green room, checking if screen sharing is working, if sound was good, if camera was good. And then I would just sneak into the green room and hear that conversation. <laughs> and then JD is like, oh, Philippe is going gonna, is gonna to take you to, to the stage uh, very soon. And then I would get on comms and just let JD know, taking that person to the stage right now, transfer that person to the stage. And then I would take over and say, hello, presenter, how are you? It's Philippe here. And, and there we would be ready within a minute or so. Yeah, I, th I think the, the onboarding and, and prep really was a lot more fluid this year compared to last. We kind of stumbled through that. I mean, I'm glad we, we came up with that process, but, but I think we really refined it this year and caught things like people on ultra-wide screens that were sharing their, their displays early, and, and so we're, we weren't scrambling at the last minute to make those technical changes. And, and that was a teamwork, 100%. And yeah, like I said, it just, in the end, it just worked. At least from from my perspective as a as a director producer, and the and the and the speaker. So, someone is preparing the speaker. Speaker is ready. Comes to my stage. I, I I tell them what they need to hear, and then we go live. and And that was super smooth. That well, it wasn't on you, Felipe. It was um, we needed to have more practice for getting the speakers in Discord. So the transition from the speaker being done, and, and it was great that we talked to them about Discord. Talked to them to mention on camera that they're going to discord, but some of the speakers were just like, and I know this because I was live too. So I like, uh, got to stop going live, got to switch context out of here. And I have to move into discord. So I know it's not super fluid, right? And so some speakers were not jumping into the audio Q and a channel and everyone's in the audio Q and a channel going, okay, where's the speaker? <laughs> so that, that transition is, is not, not as easy as it could have been. And, I mean, until yeah, Discord maybe. can do everything, then we're going to be jumping from one to the other. But that's an area of improvement. Maybe who knows? Next year will be slightly different. Maybe next year there is um, an easier way of doing that. In person with Matt hugs, I hug every speaker. Yeah, that that would be a way. That's just to get them on the stage, right? <laughs> <laughs> Matt hugs them and pulls them onto the stage. Yeah, everybody gives a quick talk, and then we go and have some cookies. Is there anything you would change uh, for next year, Felipe, as a virtual conference? I think the the, the planning and the pre-production are extremely important. So having more time for that and getting some materials as much in, in, in advance as possible are, are definitely things that, that can improve. But other than that, there is one thing that I keep on telling everyone, uh, and I tweeted this a few weeks ago, was would you spend $500 on clothes to meet an important client? If the answer is yes, you should improve your audio and video setup. Because, <laughs> because really, this is your presentation to other people nowadays, is the way your video and your audio look and sound. If you go and meet an important client, let's say Matt, that your new client is Apple, wouldn't you like kind of probably dress nice and you're like no i'm gonna be on my bermuda and my flip-flops <laughs> matt, matt lives in mac devops t-shirts what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> but it is normal normal people would people dress would up, but... yeah normal people would dress up and and that's and that's the same for video so if you are a presenter if you're getting on calls in and out uh it's nice to have a nicer camera uh, a good microphone and, and we saw a lot of the presenters had nice cameras, nice microphones. And, and that definitely improves the experience for the audience and, and makes it more enjoyable, I would say. So, so what type of camera would you recommend if, if you don't mind us picking your, your, your brain here a little bit? Th things that are important, right? If you want to improve your camera setup, your, your, the look of your video, the very first thing is light. You have to be well lit with a soft light. You can start by getting like, maybe a lamp that you have on your desk and putting a, a, a modifier. And what a modifier is, is let's say a cooking paper, uh, a baking paper, you know, baking paper that is semi-transparent and you put that in front of your, your lamp and it's going to make that light way softer. 
So instead of just pointing that that uh, that bulb directly to your face and having hard shadows on your face, you have a soft light. Once you figure out the soft light, and it, the easiest way to do soft light on a desk is the Elgato key light. There is an Elgato key light area that is basically a light on a stand that goes on your desk, and you can control it via Wi-Fi intensity and color. Uh, and it's great. I, I use them every day. And then the second thing is a camera and a way to get the video feed from that camera to your computer. Canon cameras, a lot of them, a lot of the cheap ones as well, you can connect via USB nowadays and use them as webcams. So then you want to have a proper camera with a proper lens as a webcam. Or you can use a cheap, let's say, Lumix G7 that costs about $500, I think, with a kit lens as, as your main camera. And then you use a cam link from Elgato, for example. It's a $150 USB stick that connects HDMI. So then you have an HDMI coming from your camera, from your $500 camera to your computer and use that as a webcam. Then you're gonna have very nice image because you have a, a proper lens in front of your camera with a big sensor. So it's gonna, it's gonna look beautiful. And then the last thing is the microphone, right? And the microphones are a little bit easier nowadays. There, there are so many options of good large condenser microphones that are USB or the USB ones are probably going to be the easiest ones to, for people to, to adopt because it's just connecting to the computer and then you can use them. But yeah, a lot of ways of doing that. But the simplest one is proper camera. You can even do a Logitech Brio. That's a webcam, a USB webcam. And that's right. already better than most webcams. Especially since Apple doesn't really put a high-quality webcam in any of their devices until the, the iMac, about right? I, st <laughs> I look like a potato right now because of this potato camera that's on, uh, on the MacBook. <laughs> is, is there a better camera than the new iMac, the M1? It, it does. Uh, the new iMac has a, a similar camera than the iPads. Uh, it doesn't have the, the the live stage thing that zooms and, and crops around, but it's a 1080p camera and, you know, with their image signal processing, your face always looks well lit, even if your background is a, is a window. It, it's nicer, but a proper camera will still be always better. Nice. Just because you have a larger lens capturing more light onto the CCD and, and yeah, it's, yeah. Just a, it's just a better setup. And yeah. a regular camera is going to have a, a much higher resolution CCD, right? So yeah, it's just more more data to deal with to get it's you that. It's just image. physics. It's like it's yeah. a bigger sensor that lets in more light, and with the bigger sensor also comes that things that that everyone likes, right? It's uh, it's an out of focus background, right? So when you use a proper camera, if you have the the bigger that that hole that passes the light is and the more the the more it's open which is called an aperture the 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 bigger the aperture the smaller the number of the aperture the more light you're going to have and the more blurred your background will be so if you think a blurred background is sexy you can do that with a proper camera aperture i th i think apples don't have those anymore <laughs> <laughs> people are sad about that that application to this day i think <laughs> apple is a is a fast-moving hydrofoil pleasure craft going straight. Or oh, no. you can use an application on your phone, on your iPhone 11 and your iPhone 12, and use that as a webcam. That's already much better than the webcams that are on your computers. And then put your iPhone on a tripod, put it facing you. And it seems like uh, there's if, a lot, lot of apps now to help connect you, your phone. If you watch the podcast from, uh, from John Gruber, uh, the Diary Fireball, that uh, he had the interview with Craig Federighi and... Jaws. Greg Jaws guy? Jaws? Yes. All of them were using iPhone 12s as webcams. And you can see the quality and it's, it's great. So if you're willing to buy an iPhone 12, you should definitely be as able a webcam. to... Uh, yeah. As a webcam. <laughs> yeah. You, you can definitely afford a, a cheaper Lumix camera and, and microphone setup, right? <laughs> yeah. A Lumix camera with a tripod lights in a microphone would will be about the price of an iPhone. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. But then you have a whole kit there. Happy but poor. If you get if you want to get super fancy, <laughs> you put a teleprompter in front of your camera and then you put an iPad 
on the teleprompter and put your video call on the teleprompter. So then you're looking at the at the person that you're talking to, but you're looking directly at the camera. So the person feels like you're looking directly at them. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's a lot so of that's, professional. That's, that, that's the next level, but uh, <laughs> we don't need to get that complicated right seems, now. Seems like you've done this before, Philip. So, so teleprompters draw our speakers next year <laughs> for the conference. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Well, thank you, Felipe. Thank you so much. Thanks to your great efforts, planning, production, and awesome big heart. We made it. Thank you very much. And uh, now I'm going to go and start packing for my trip to Portugal. I'm going to spend a few weeks at the beach. Doodle bang. Well, well earned. <laughs> well earned, yes. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, JD. Yep. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Felipe. This has been another awesome episode of Mac DevOps. Join us next week for our No, we're taking a summer break. See you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> the Mac DevOps YVR conference and podcast is looking for sponsors. Support and encourage developers in IT to work together to solve problems for our community by sponsoring Mac DevOps. If you're interested in sponsoring the Mac DevOps YVR conference and podcast, send an email to hello at mdoyvr.com. Thank you to our awesome Mac DevOps sponsors. For the 2021 Mac DevOps Conference, we would like to thank Mac Stadium, our platinum sponsor. We're also grateful for Mac Stadium's sponsorship of our hack night. Thank you, Mac Stadium. Visit them at macstadium.com. Our gold sponsor is Flow Swiss AG with their Mac Bare Metal instance. Thank you, Flow Swiss AG. Visit them at flow.swiss mac bare metal. Thank you to our silver sponsor, Simple MDM. Visit them at simplemdm.com. Thank you to our bronze sponsor, Teradici. Visit them at teradici.com. Our live feed is sponsored by Fleet DM. Visit them at fleetdm.com. And this year, our MDM panel is sponsored by Adagi. Visit them at adagi.com. Please take a moment to visit all of our sponsors. We could not hold Mac DevOps YVR without the support of our sponsors. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today for the Mac DevOps podcast. Thank you to our guests, and thank you to our co-hosts. Today's episode was edited by J.D. Strong. Please like and share this podcast on your favorite podcast service. Yeah. That wasn't so bad. Oh, apparently the audio is still going. Lovely. <laughs>